Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here with another edition of the Vitality Explorer News Podcast. I'm delighted you're listening and I hope this week we will fulfill our mission, which is to optimize vitality one person at a time. So if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We like to start with a quote on the Vitality Explorer News podcast, and here is the one for this week. Quote, chance favors those in motion. And that's from James H. Austin. Chance favors those in motion. This week, we're going to be talking about three different things, and that is, first, brewing brilliant brains. I'll try to say that fast. Brewing brilliant brains with coffee. Number two is how to avoid future regret. And the third one, a very, very important but difficult question, what are you willing to suffer for? So our goal is to take the friction out of staying vital. What you're listening to is my weekly homework. I read at least five to 10 scientific articles per week. I try to distill them down into specific actionable actionable vitality info snacks like this. So you can listen to this for about 25 minutes or so and get up to speed on what I am doing to try to stay vital. So this week, we're going to talk about coffee and our brain, future regret, and suffering. Um, you can also get the, the references to all this on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. There's over 350 scientific posts and podcasts now. And I'm delighted to say, I can't believe this, this is the 75th podcast I have produced. So let's jump into Brewing Brilliant Brains and Why Coffee Enhances Vitality. All right. I think this is awesome because I absolutely love coffee and I've been drinking one, two, sometimes three cups of coffee per day for probably in the last 10 years or so. I never really touched coffee, uh, unbelievably, in medical school or even in residency. I used to drink maybe one cup of tea a day. Uh, and then recently, I should say not that recently, but in the last five or 10 years, I've become somewhat of a coffee aficionado. I do my own cold brew in the refrigerator, which I absolutely love. Um, but here we're talking about why drinking one to four cups of coffee a day could be good for your brain. And this is according to this study. Association between coffee consumption and brain MRI parameters and this is pretty fascinating. Okay, this study included 2,316 participants between 45 and 74. The cohort was divided into five groups, and the five groups were less than one cup of coffee, one to two cups, three to four cups, five to six cups, and greater than six cups of coffee per day. And the patients, then, or the, excuse me, the participants underwent MRI scans. And what was fascinating is consuming three to four cups per day was associated, not causative, but associated with lower markers of blood vessel disease in the brain and the thicker outer layers of the brain tissue. So something called PSMD is a, an MRI measurement of, of uh, brain small blood vessel disease, and cortical thickness is the, the measurement of the outer layer of the brain. And if you look on the Vitality Explorer's Substack site, you can see graphs it showed that there's less blood vessel disease and greater brain thickness in the participants that drank either three to four or even one to four cups compared to those who drank less than one cup. Think about that. You have less blood vessel disease and a, basically a, th a thicker or a bigger brain if you're having one to four cups of coffee per day. Um, and here's a quote from the paper. It's a little, you know, it's a little bit with the medical stuff in here. But after adjustment for covariance, this is a quote. 
three to four cups of coffee per day were associated with lower PSMD. Remember, that's the marker of blood vessel disease. So less blood vessel disease and higher cortical thickness compared to less than one cup. Moreover, one to two cups per day was associated with lower PSMD, which is the blood vessel disease. And here's the summary. Quote, in total, a moderate consumption was related related to a better structural brain parameters than low coffee consumption in a population-based cohort with middle-aged elderly adults. So the paper went on to explain why you know coffee contains caffeine, of course, but it also contains polyphenols. We've talked about polyphenols previously on the Vitality Explorer News sub, uh, podcast. And these are components of coffee that are anti-inflammatory. They're antioxidant. And they can lead to lower systemic markers of inflammation, such as CRP or C-reactive protein. Uh, and this may be one of the reasons why coffee helps preserve our brain function and structure. The paper also stated, quote, Midlife coffee consumption of three to four cups per day was associated with a 70% lower incident risk of dementia. Let me say that again. Midlife coffee consumption of three to five cups per day was associated with a 70% lower risk of incident dementia. Now, that's associated, not causative. And that's going to be an important thing when we kind of break this down and have a little better analysis of it. I think the Vitality Explorer News analysis and recommendations are here. The data presented in this paper... I think provides pretty strong evidence. Remember, there's almost you know, about 2,300 people in this study uh, in support of com, com, coffee composition, bleh, coffee com, consumption, excuse me, coffee consumption as a vitality enhancer, coffee composition. A little uh, tongue tire there. And moder, moderate coffee drinking seems to be associated with pres- preservation of not just brain function, but brain tissue. Remember, there's less blood vessel disease and there's, a, there's actually more cortical or thick, thickness of, the, of your brain when you're drinking three to four cups of coffee. Um, and this was particularly important for those people, um, e- even if you had one to two cups per day. So it's, it's, it's fascinating that the, I, the, the bottom line breakdown is one to four cups of coffee is pretty good for your brain and it's better than less, less than one. Um, so I think for the coffee lovers out there, this is really, really good news. I would caution to say that these are associations, not causations. So think for a second. If you have a cup cup of coffee, are you likely to move more? Are you likely to be more alert? Yes. Um, So it may not be directly related to the coffee, but for people who enjoy a cup or two or maybe even three or four, it seems to be relatively good for your brain. Okay? Uh, And again, you can check out the paper. It's called Association of Coffee Consumption and Brain MRI Parameters. And that was by Mayer et al. in 2023. Uh, we also talked about this thing called peak width skeletonized mean diffusiv- diffusiv- diffusivity, which is P, but you can see why they call it PSMD. And that's a marker of cerebrovascular uh, blood vessel tissue disease via MRI. So a complicated medical study that kind of shows, that kind of does show that coffee may be valuable for your brain. Let's move on to something a little different, but but potentially as important or maybe even more important, and that is how to avoid future regret. And future regret is, is really an interesting concept. So it's related to this concept of what is your best next step. Okay, and your best next step is something we are all thinking about. Maybe not. We're not really thinking about. I take that back. I don't think we're thinking about our best next step enough. I think we should be thinking about our best next step 
all the time to avoid future regret. So taking your best next step is connected to avoiding future regret. So if you go down one pathway, that's leading to regret. Go down the best pathway for you, that's that's going to lead to less regret and that is your best next step. But identifying that in a really busy world is very difficult. And here's where that quote from the beginning that said, chance favors those in motion. So sometimes, in fact, many times, we fail to take our best next step for, for really a dumb reason. It's because we don't take any action. We let inertia take over and we are like a body in not in motion and we don't stay in motion. So inertia is, can be good for you or can be bad for you. Inertia can just say you're gonna stay still or if you start to get moving, if you start to take <clears throat> your best next step, you're gonna have a better chance of being successful. So failing to take action dooms us. If you don't do anything, most often it's gonna to lead to less, it's gonna to lead to more regret. So I think if we can optimize our time and figure out what our peak purpose is, that's great. But if we fail to act, we literally go nowhere. So where do we find our best next step? That's really what we're talking about. The, our best next step is the intersection between whatever our biggest need is and our highest chance of success. So you know, if you think about what are your needs, what are you trying to do in terms of enhancing your vitality right now? Remember, this is the Vitality Explorer News Podcast. And our goal, our mission is to enhance or to optimize vitality one person at a time. So even if one or two or hopefully more than that, get something out of that. This is, a, this is an action item for this week. Think about what your biggest need is. And, and I'm going to list some of these things. And there's some pictures and, and descriptions of this more on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site. This is part of a lecture I gave at the Tugboat Institute about two weeks ago. And we talked about the Vitality Fishbone. Now, Fishbone Diagram is, is used by a variety of different organizations to try to get to an endpoint. What are the things that we can do to get to a specific endpoint? And you try to list all those things, you put them on a little timeline, and then you, you, you point them towards, in this case, vitality. So if our goal is to improve or enhance or optimize our vitality, here are the things we should be working on. And one of those things is, is it embedded in this next thing I'm gonna talk about is your biggest need. So it could be physical, like strength, endurance, flexibility, diet, weight, or sleep. It could be mental, identifying your, your peak purpose. It could be something like your discipline is lacking. You need to work on discipline. It could be social in, in terms of your closeness with others. And it could be time management. Finally, spiritual, your sense of hope, your sense of service to others need, may need work. Any one of those may be part or something else of whatever your biggest need is. You know what that is. I'm going to share with you what I did this past week because it was my birthday last weekend and I may have overindulged. I had a little bit too much birthday cake and we had a little pizza party and I had pizza and birthday cake. And my biggest need at the beginning of this past week was to lose a couple pounds. And I said, okay, this is going to be focus on fitness week for me seven, six, seven days ago. And I'm happy to say I did get rid of those two pounds, but it did not come easy. But I said, I know this is my biggest need. I've got to get rid of those uh, pounds that I enjoyed having a great birthday party with cake and pizza, but it was time to go back to um, what I like to say, stapling my mouth shut. So I think it's important to pause today, contemplate your what what is your biz, biggest physical, mental, social, and or spiritual need? Which one of those is in need of the most work? 
And that's going to lead you to your best next step. So if you drill down on that, and as I said, for me, it was I needed to get rid of that little birthday cake and pizza stuff that I indulged in, enjoyed it, by the way. Um, it may be sleeping better. Again, it may be more connection with your friends. It may be serving others in need. It may be that you're not sure exactly why you are here on the planet. We've talked about pinpointing your peak purpose and how important that is to your vitality. If that's what's important to you, spend a thousand seconds every single day. That's about 17 minutes over this next week and work on your purpose. Just focus for a few minutes. Take a little piece of paper, a three by five card and write down your biggest need on one side and then flip it over and then write three things you're going to do in this next week that you're going to do to address that need. That is your best next step, okay? And, you know, visualize having already done it in your mind. I call that a to-done list. This, ha- this leads you to have a bias towards action and believe that those tasks are complete. So I put losing two pounds on my to-done list uh, last week. And I got it done. So I'm very excited about that. Whatever your your biggest need is be as specific as possible that'll help you address it and then be specific as possible in terms of the actions you're going to take. All right, so like I said, my biggest need and some some people out there listening to this maybe have a similar biggest need is to lose one or two pounds in the next week. And here's my specific things I wrote down. Avoid sugar whenever possible. That's number one. Number two is eat less. And number three is to eat less often. So if you want to hear the Dr. Mishra diet book, here it is. It's three pages. Avoid sugar whenever possible. Eat less and eat less often. Okay? Now, that's just my version of it. I encourage you to work with your doctor, dietitian, nutritionist, or whatever works with you. Um, But for me, I needed to be very specific. And now those things did lead me to, to address my biggest need at the present moment last week, which was to lose a couple pounds. So please, you know, post your comments about this idea of how to avoid future regret, how, how to, you know, get to your best next step. Read all the, uh, read or look at the diagrams you can see on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. Uh, please share this podcast if you're enjoying it with your friends, your family, and leave us a five-star rating uh, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get it. Let's finish this week's Vitality Explorer News podcast with a difficult but absolutely imperative question for people who want to be vital. And here it is. What are you willing to suffer for? What are you willing to suffer for? Okay. Muhammad Ali said, suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. All right. We typically or almost always strive to avoid suffering. But physical, mental, social, and spiritual suffering are all part of being alive. You're not going to get away from it. And the question that keeps bubbling up into my head is what are you willing to suffer for? What are you willing to suffer for? And Muhammad Ali did not like to train. In fact, he hated it, okay? But he knew that if he suffered during training, he'd become a better boxer. He understood that suffering uh, was the price he had to pay to become a champion. And we've talked about Viktor Frankl before on this podcast and his book, Man's Search for Meaning. But he figured out what he was willing to suffer for during his horrific time in a concentration camp. Now, he understood the suffering, the suffering he was enduring uh, to help his fellow uh, inmates survive would lead him to uh, a better opportunity later in life to care for people. So he was able to trans- transport himself 
beyond his immediate demonic surroundings in his mind. Think about that. In a, in a, in a concentration camp, not knowing whether you're going to survive, seeing all the horror every single day, he did his best to help other people find meaning in their lives in that situation. But he was somehow, I don't know how this is possible, he was somehow able to believe that he was going to survive. And not only survive, but the suffering that he was enduring would help him help other people later. And he has done this way past passing away. His book, Man's Search for Meaning, I think has sold somewhere around 25, or excuse me, 12 million copies. Um, and it's a fabulous book for anybody who's in search of their purpose. But Frankel found his peak purpose in the context of unimaginable suffering. So check out his book if you want to learn more about it. But I think this is something where I believe that the pathway to lasting joy often leads to the valley of serious suffering. Let me say that one more time. The pathway to lasting joy leads through the valley of serious suffering. Um, and, and I think we, we really don't understand this as well as we should because we're trying to, for ourselves, for our family, especially parents don't want to see their kids ever suffer. I don't like to see my daughter suffer, but the, the challenges that she may go through lead her often to be a better person. Um, and remember, if you're really trying to find your peak purpose, it, it, you have to figure out what are you willing to suffer for because that peak purpose will require suffering. Now, I, I absolutely love being an orthopedic surgeon, but I'm going to tell you I did suffer for a long period of time to, to, through medical school and residency and beyond to develop the skills to become a surgeon. So do I enjoy and, <clears throat> and find serious, un, incredible meaning in what I do? Yes. Did I have to suffer to get there? Absolutely. So ask yourself that question, what are you willing to suffer for? Because that may lead you to your peak purpose. And purpose was found in a study by McKenzie of over 21,000 people from 21 countries to be the top factor for individual health. Nothing else. Purpose. Second was balanced, balanced stress. And third was posture or movement. But purpose was more important than anything else. And also remember a previous post we had on Vitality Explorers about how purpose powers our brain and it can be a modifiable vitality asset. You get to choose your purpose. You actually also get to choose your suffering. So I know this is a difficult topic, but think about what you want to do with your one precious life. And if you're struggling a little bit with this, like all of us do, okay, Get back to participating in intrinsically valuable activities like serving others in need. Seek to be authentic with your emotions and actions. Be willing to suffer to achieve something meaningful. And start by, don't ask what life is going to give you. Ask what you can give to life. And stop trying to optimize your life, but seek instead to optimize the lives of others. All right? And finally, what I have often suggested is to take the dare to be vital challenge. And that is to use your unique skills and enthusiasm to transform yourself, your community, and the world. Use your unique skills and enthusiasm to transform yourself, your community, in the world. And remember, remember, suffering can provide meaning and direction to our lives. It can help us find our peak purpose for being on the planet. And don't try to avoid it. I mean, I mean, you can try to minimize it, but you can you can seek to maybe embrace it, embrace suffering as part of our human experience and put it to work for you. You know, sometimes if you're doing something like taking a long hike, you're, you're working on a very difficult project, you're working on something long term, 
or something very, very challenging, there will be some suffering associated. But the Navy SEALs have this idea of embrace the suck. To get through their BUDS training, their training to become a SEAL, they have to do an incredible amount of work. They have to go through hell week, and they keep saying, don't ring the bell, which means don't quit, and then embrace the suck. And, and people like David Goggins do that in terms of your physical fitness. Um, I, I, think, I think that we need to develop the skill of, of withstanding suffering as part of becoming a more vital person. And the better we are able to tolerate it, the better we, off we are. And we can try to be like an alchemist and turn our suffering into lasting joy. And I, go, I know the idea, the question of what are we willing to suffer for is not easy. But I got to tell you, this is one of the most important questions of 2023 that I've un- uncovered. And I'm, I'm struggling with this myself. I do not like, not like to be in pain. I do not like to suffer. But I'm asking myself, what am I willing to suffer for? What am I willing to sacrifice to be a better person or to provide better meaning for people around me or the world? What, is, what are you willing to suffer for? Because remember what Muhammad Ali said, suffer now and live the, the rest of your life as a ch- champion. Think about this in the context of avoiding future regret as well, which is what we previously talked about in your best next step. So if you know what you're willing to suffer for, if you know what you're willing to endure some pain for, I think you're going to have future less future regret. So again, on this week's Vitality Explorer News podcast, we talked about coffee and who, I'm sorry, who doesn't love a cup of joe? Uh, obviously, people worldwide, I think it's the most popular beverage worldwide, but the data we, t- we talked about suggests that coffee is good to, to decrease the risk of uh, small vessel, blood vessel disease in your brain and enhance the thickness of your brain. So brain, so coffee, I think, can now be considered a verified vitality enhancer for your brain. I think we talked enough about how to avoid future regret and identify your, your next be- best step. And then finally... Think about what you are willing to suffer for this week and get out there and get in motion. Because remember, chance favors those in motion and and stop being somebody who doesn't take action. Have a bias towards action. Have a bias towards going for your dreams. Dream greatly. And until next time, dare to be vital. Thank you very much for listening. Again, please share this with your uh, friends and family to enhance their vitality. Uh, please check out the Vitality Explorer News Substack site for all the references, the charts. Uh, you can sign up at vitalityexplorers.com uh, to receive a free text message uh, to your phone once a week uh, with my homework. Again, this has been the 75th Vitality Explorer News podcast. My name is Dr. Alan Mishra, uh, founder of Vitality Explorers. Our goal, our purpose with the podcast, with the Substack site, is to optimize vitality one person at a time. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week.